American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. Coach Q, what's going on, man? What's going on, baby? We back. Yes, we are back. The AFF podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. We're currently available on more than 25 platforms. The show is also available on our YouTube channel. If you just type in American Football in Finland in YouTube, you will find our channel. So wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. It's first down. When we get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds. Coach Q, what you want to talk about today, man? What you got going? As I was talking about ELA. Left last week. I'm going to continue to talk about it this week. Um, the Swarco Raiders are 0-2 for, oh, yeah. for the first time, I believe, in a long time. I don't. I couldn't remember a time they were ever 0-2. Yes, it's getting real out there right now. It's getting real out there. Um, but really just, you know, I seen Jock. Jock had a pretty, uh, pretty good game after that game, the first game they had. Jock Crawford. So shout out to my boy, man. I like to stay in contact with him. Other than that, man, it was a lot of football all over Europe. It was a lot of football, so it was a good weekend, definitely. Yeah, uh, for me, I ain't watch no football, man. I'll be honest with you guys. I, I had my own weekend. I just watched um, the Maple League, and that was it. But something that I do want to talk about is Finland summer, Okay. So what's on my mind with the Finland summer is where is it? Is it going to stay? And how can I get more of it? Because this weekend, if you've been out this weekend, it's been lovely. It's been sunshine. It's been warm. But I know come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's going to be cloudy, raining right again, which I guess for the weekends is great. But I really, I really wish I could get like a full week in Finland, a full week of, you know, sunshine and good weather i feel like i've been missing it so that's all i want to just get that off my chest is that i do miss the summertime and i'm hoping that we can get it back out here in finland players of the week have been announced on our social media channels earlier this week but of course as always we need to explain these picks in depth and we go with a little bit of stats, but we also go outside the stats. First up, Offensive Player of the Week. Ooh, it's been a long time since we didn't give him this guy this award. Mm-hmm. I would say a few years, honestly, but that's okay. R.J. Long, wide receiver, Helsinki Wolverines. The legend, another legend that's still playing. This guy had seven receptions, 134 yards, and two touchdowns while the Wolverines put up 70-plus points in their big win against the Kotka Eagles. Now, I'm going to lead it off with RJ because I was impressed. First of all, much more impressed than what I saw from him earlier in the season where he pretty much just was on the field. I like that the Wolverines got him the ball early, but what I really like is what he did once he got it. He skated. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he didn't look as fast as I've seen him before. You know, that's just busting chops on RJ. But he looked faster than the defense he was playing against. Every time he got the ball on the little bubble screen, he at least got another 15 yards just by him running. 
and he wasn't afraid to score. You know, there was times where he could have just went out of bounds and he said, decided he wanted to make another move, get a couple extra yards. So you could tell he still got that hunger in that fight. And you can see it all game that when they were able to rely on him as that receiver who could make big plays, that offense clicked. He was a mm-hmm. catalyst. And that's what this offense needs is a catalyst. And I don't want to get too much into the actual game stuff right now, but RJ, great game, well-deserved player of the week. What are yeah. your thoughts on him, Q? RJ is coming off an Achilles injury, you know, not even a full year really. So yeah. it was nice to see him, you know, get get somewhat comfortable um, on him, you know, getting his legs back under him. But like you said, as you can watch the game, you can see like when him and Jabari is on, is they're, they're pretty much unstoppable. Um, and that's just that just goes to the chemistry that they always had playing together, you know, in Finland, Poland. But um, I think this is what the Wolverines will need. I won't go into it too in depth in it right now. This is part of the show, but yeah, um, RJ he definitely ball, uh, definitely deserving of a player of the week. It's interesting, and I'm gonna digress right here because I can. But <laughs> we have an interview coming up in this show with another legend when it comes to scoring points in the Maple League. So it's really good to have RJ be the player of the week this week because I think the other guy also could have been player of the week. Mm-hmm. But I won't give it away because the way the show is, we haven't done the interview yet. So moving on <laughs> to the defensive player of the week, newcomer to the Maple League, but not new to, you know, stardom and playing football. Emmett Gooden, defensive lineman from the Sineoki Crocodiles. This guy has seven tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble return, fumble recovery and return for a 55-yard touchdown that pretty much changed the game when he did it. It, it really put the game in a, a different light after that play. So what what did you see out there from Emmett? Uh, it reminds me of, of my first encounter uh, ever knowing who he was. He's known for being – for having games like this. This is why he's who he is. And I think him coming to Finland is probably a refreshing feeling, you know, just to being able to play football and, and just be in your element. And he showed it uh, uh, against the Roosters. I mean, he was balling. Like, he, he was all over the place pretty much. And I think he had a big part to play in that win. So as a defensive player, you know, pass player myself, it's good when your D linemen are eating like that and, and very active like that. So it does a lot for your defense. So... Uh, Emmett Gooden definitely balled out. Interesting thing about Emmett in this game, it's third game of the season, but he's been playing like this in all these games. And this is probably the first game where the stats caught up with what his play was doing. Like you said, he's always all all around the field and making plays and making tackles. And this is probably one of the first games where it was more highlighted when, you know, he has two sacks and then he has the fumble return for a touchdown, which if you want to be, you know, a negative Nancy and say, you know, but just because he had that doesn't make a defensive player. First of all, Bryce fumbled the ball. He hit his own his own player and fumbled it. I get that. But does anybody know why he was running that way? Because Emmett Gooden was chasing his ass down. That's the whole, the whole play. The reason that he was running to that sideline and ended up fumbling that ball was because he was running away from Emmett Gooden, and he did that most of the game. And that's what Gooden brings to this team, this Senio Crocodiles defense up front, is he brings that pressure. <laughs> Interesting as well is that we're going to have a tough choice deciding all-stars for defensive linemen, and Emmett Gooden is putting himself as, you know, maybe one or 1A one right now. 
by yeah. being able to consistently put up that pressure. So, again, great game by him. It's good that he gets his flowers this week because I, I know he's probably thinking, man, they're they not even watching me out here. But we are, man. We're watching you. We're just mm-hmm. waiting for them, you know, big play moments so we can put you out in front of everybody. Emmett Gooden, congratulations on being Defensive Player of the Week. Next up, we have Inside the Numbers with Chris Green, where he's going to give you some key team stats and player stats from this weekend's games. Welcome to Inside the Numbers with your host, Chris Green. Now, as you know, this is the part of the show where we look at your top offensive and defensive performance of this week. And also we look at the best team performances. Let's have a little look at the offensive performers of this week. First up, we've got Joey Bradley, quarterback of the Quapio Steelers. He was 16 of 18 in passing for 260 yards and four TDs. He also had three carries for 14 yards. I see you, Joey B. Nice to see Quapio get that passing game going. Next up, we have Christian Powell running back for the Senioki Crocodiles. He had 23 carries for 148 yards on the ground with one touchdown. He also had four receptions with 58 yards. Great win for the Crocodiles. Nice upset beating the Roosters. I did say last week on the podcast that if an upset was going to happen, it was going to be this one and the Crocodiles were going to potentially beat the Roosters. In power, we trust, delivered for the Crocodiles. Next up, we've got RJ Long, wide receiver of the Helsinki Wolverines. He had seven catches for 134 yards and two TDs through the air. Great job, RJ. Nice to see you in the passing game again. Next up, we've got the defensive performers. First up, it's Emmett Gooden. He had seven solo tackles, two tackles for loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, which he returned 55 yards for a touchdown, and he had 2.0 sacks. That boy was eaten. What a day for the defensive lineman of the Crocodiles. Next up, we got Marcus O, defensive back of the Quapio Steelers. He had two solo tackles and two interceptions on the day. Great job for that finished defensive back. And finally, we've got Joseph Cordus, linebacker of the Helsinki Wolverines. He had three solo tackles, one assist, 2.5 TFLs, one forced fumble, two interceptions, one of which he took 42 yards to the crib. That boy was balling. Next up, we'll have a little look at the team performances of the week. So first up, we're going to look at the offense and passing yards. We have the Quapio Steelers topping out the table with 260 yards passing through the air. Next up, we're going to look at rushing yards. We've got the Helsinki Wolverines who managed to get together 279 yards on the ground. Big day for the Wolverines rush, rushing game. Total yards on offense, we've got the Quapio Steelers with a whopping 537 yards. Crazy numbers. And then if we look at third down conversion rate, We've got the Steelers topping the table with seven of nine, which worked out about 77.8%. Defensively, let's take a look at passing yards. So the the Helsinki Roosters restricted the Senioki Crocodiles to only 113 yards passing. Rushing yards, the Crocodiles managed to restrict the Helsinki Roosters to minus one yards rushing. Crazy result. Definitely part of the reason why the Crocodiles were successful in this game. Total yards, the Wolverines were managed to restrict 
the uh, Cocker Eagles to only 190 yards of offense. And we look at third down conversion rate. The Crocodiles restricted the Helsinki Roosters to zero out of 12 attempts, 0%. Another big reason why the Crocodiles were so successful in this game. You got to be able to convert on third down if you want to win the games. And that's going to wrap it up for Inside the Numbers this week. Join me again next week to look at your top performers and best team performers. Let's talk about some of the key player performances that might not have been highlighted by the stat sheet this week. And you know what? I'm going to go first because I actually have a list of three players. (laughs) Maybe four if I really get into it. So I'm going to try to knock out one of these first. I'm going to talk about the Helsinki Wolverines running back. And I'm not talking about Will Young. Sorry. I'm talking about the backup running back, Jonathan L. Osif. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. I'm sorry. But um, number seven, that's what I like to call him. Number seven is a big body boy. And he was rumbling, tumbling in this game. A little bit of credit goes to the Kotka Eagles because they can't tackle. But a lot of credit goes to this running back for getting the ball, putting his foot in the ground and saying, stop me. And that's what he did. He had 136 yards, three touchdowns. Easily could have gave him offensive player of the game. But I do think RJ's yardage was a little bit more impactful in the game compared to Jonathan. He did have some, you know, late in the game heroics. But before the late in game heroics, when the game was still ongoing early on, he was moving the ball. He was the running back that was making the long plays and getting yards for this offense and helping them stay balanced. Because what they did was they were passing it to RJ, you know, spreading them laterally, but he was making them still have to look inside the box. He's an inside-the-box runner, and he brought that to this team. And I just, I just really want to let people know that we're watching these guys, and he's one of the guys we're watching. You know, he could be one of those all-star names down the line as well. I don't care if he's a backup. Right now, he's more productive than Will Young is as their running back. And I don't say that to, you know, talk bad about their starting running back, but the way that this offense is running, he's the more productive running back in this offense. So he's the guy that really stood out to me this week because you can see that if he gets going, this team is a balanced offense, which is always what everybody's trying to get to, you know, being able to run and pass. So that's the first guy for me. Q, did you have anybody in mind? I wanted to just point out, man, Curtis Slater, man. You know, Slater, man, he he's active back there in the Wolverines defense, had a uh, punt return, made it look super easy. Um, but just his presence, I think his presence on the field makes everybody else comfortable. I think his, his, his year is going to get better, um, but it's just nice to see him, you know, out there making plays. We so used to him making plays that when he makes plays, we don't really even get excited like that anymore. But I just want to throw him some flowers out there, like just let him know, hey, you know, the OGs still see you. Still yeah. see you out there. Even, you know, even though the game wasn't that type of game, it was still good to see him out there active. And um, uh, looking forward to the rest of the season with him too. So, yeah, I was I, that Slater was just someone I was just noticing. That's perfect because Slater – is very similar to the person I'm going to name for the next person I have on here, which is Iro Vaya, defensive back for the Quopio Steelers. And number two, as I'm going to call him, because you guys, you know, I, I watch numbers. Number two, as I'm going to call him, he's playing safety for the Steelers in this game, doing a lot of roaming and creating havoc without necessarily affecting the stat line. Matter of fact, Marcus O got an interception because Miko Sepin beat him deep Caught the ball, but 
Eero comes from the other side of the field to where he basically comes from the hash of one side to the numbers to hit Miko Sepin as he catches the ball and pops the ball loose. And Marcus is there because he got beat and catches the interception. And I think there was a penalty on the play later or something, so they lost a lot of yards. But it was just one of those things where Eero just made up a lot of ground at that safety position. And then even later in the game, there was opportunities for the Butchers to get downfield, and Eero just consistently makes plays to stop receivers and breaks up passes. And then in in the run game, he was definitely a, a help support, but they didn't have to use a run game as much in this one. Just I just want to put his name out there, Eero Vaya, because he's definitely – going to be one of our all-star lists and he's one of those guys who makes plays because he's always in the right spot but he might not always get the the stat like he doesn't get that interception that Marcus got but he's the reason it happened without him that's a a 40 50 yard catch for Miko Seppner and the Butchers have one more touchdown eventually on their record but he stopped stuff like that early so you don't even see it you're looking at that you're looking at their stats and be like oh well they just stopped them a lot of that has to do with him, and you just can't put it in stats. So I just wanted to throw his name out there. Um, I have one more guy, and I'm going one more guy from the Corpio Steelers, a young guy, Noah Choke, number 21, who mm-hmm. plays both DB and receiver, I think. But mostly he's a receiver for this team. The reason I noticed it was I was like, okay, they got a little number 21, you know, running across all the time. He does all the motions. Anytime there's a motion, it's number 21. So he caught my eye. But then also when they start running plays, they found ways to get him the ball. And it gave them a a relief, a relief from having to run that ball all the time. And we've said it before that, you know, this team doesn't really have a lot of receivers per se. And not discrediting Hannes Haru, number 80, who also had a really good game. But we knew we know about that guy. We knew he was going to be able to do certain stuff. And we knew that they were going to be able to run. And we knew maybe the tight ends would show up. But the Butcher's defense was able to, you know, cover those tight ends on a lot of those play-action plays. But Noah Choate, he he got loose. And he didn't have a lot of catches. I think he had three or four catches, maybe 50, 60 yards. So, again, stat-wise, he's not going to show up. But his job was basically to, you know, put the defense in a certain position. He's the one that moved from side to side, and then he ran his routes from there. If he was open, he made the play. And that's one thing that we we assume that everybody, because it's in the Maple League, that everybody's going to make the play they're supposed to make. But the Helsinki Roosters are a perfect point. Not everybody catches the damn ball. <laughs> but Noah, when they threw him the ball, he caught it, and he made the plays that was available to him. And that just gives them one more, you know, one more weapon. You know, Isaac Marshall is their slot receiver, or supposed to be. Well, we can say it now, and I, I hope it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. Noah Choate is a better option. Mm. Seems to be a little bit more consistent, might even be a little bit faster, maybe not as much of a downfield threat, but more of a slot receiver type guy. He's more of an Edelman type for them, and Isaac is more of a standout wide out for them. You know, he's the guy that goes from his start position to the route, while you can have Noah going – motion left, motion route, get into a short route, get the ball, make a couple yards, get that first down. 
So just putting that name out there. I know we went a little bit long, but I, I really saw some some players out there that were making differences that I know no one's going to give them their pub from this weekend. Those guys from the Steelers definitely made difference. And I'll get more into those guys as we get into that game. But these are outside the numbers for this week. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. We all know the results of last week's game, so we're not going to you know rehash that. But let's talk about which team won or lost. First game, we had the Kutka Eagles versus the Helsinki Wolverines. It was bad, very bad score-wise. And I'm not even going to repeat the score because it was that bad. I'll let you repeat the score as you tell us who won or lost this game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the Eagles lost and the Wolverines won, obviously. I feel like Coca Eagles, they're going through the growing pains of being in the Maple League, like I said last week. This is just what happens when you come in and everybody can't be Corpio. Everybody just can't do that. You can't be Vasa. It's just some teams are, make that transition and can automatically compete. And then some teams have to build and, and develop players at certain positions, you know, and get younger at certain positions. So Coca's just going through that, you know, that little brother hanging with the big brothers now type of life. So they're going to have some growing pains. And the Wolverines is just not the team that you want to play when you're going through that because it'll be a highlight reel. And that's pretty much what it was. So Coca Eagles definitely lost, lost the game just for the simple fact they just aren't ready for those type of teams with that type of talent. So, but they still fighting. You know, they they go out fighting. That's what you're supposed to do. And you'll learn a lot about your team going through losses like this. So, yeah, it was a little lopsided game, but Wolverines won. They were supposed to win in my eyes, and I think a lot of people's eyes. So, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I did not watch the second half. I put in the group chat too. It was 56 to zero at half. I was good. That's all I need to see. That was a 50 burger. Helsinki Wolverines, congratulations. But you put up 70, more than 75. So it's like a 50 burger with double patties, you know, <laughs> lettuce, tomato, double cheese, double patties, you know, all the way you put bacon on top. Like you got fancy and use that, um, that soft brochet bread with the sesame seeds, that soft one that buttered a little bit, toasted on both sides. <laughs> you went all out on your, on your 50 burger. You, you had a, a full burger, you know, a gourmet burger. That's what I'm called. 70 plus gourmet burger. You had a gourmet burger. That thing was good. And, and because of that, I'm not going to say anything negative. I know I've been a little hard on the Wolverines, but you put you make a gourmet burger. I ain't mad at you. The, the biggest takeaway for me, though, was getting R.J. Long into the game early and getting him the ball and finding ways to do it. This is something I said earlier in the season that they should have been doing. Um, I'm not going to take credit for them doing it, but I'm glad that they found a way to get him involved and – it made that offense click, and they looked good. I mean, it was the Eagles, but they looked good. Gourmet burger, can't be mad at that. So the second game, Helsinki Roosters at the Sinioki Crocodiles. Uh, you want to take this one? Who you think won or lost? Ooh. Yeah, 
uh, even though the Roosters, I picked the Roosters to win this game because I felt like they were a little more sound of a team that they had a little more talent, you know, firepower to win this game. But I also didn't take into account that Crocodiles, you know, tend to play the Roosters good. You know, yeah. they, they yeah. Tend to play them, not just the Roosters, but certain teams, they just tend to play good. And the Crocodiles, they did what they had to do. You know, I, I can't say the, the Roosters necessarily lost this game because it, it wasn't like the Crocs was just doing these trick plays and stuff like that to, to win the game. They were like, you know, you know, making making stuff happen. You know, Christian Powell doing what he does. Like, you know, when, when you got a guy like that as one of your leaders on your team, you feel like you can beat anybody because because of his performance and because of the way he plays. You know, he's basically saying, like, follow me, follow me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you 100. I need you to give 100. Just follow me. And I think they believe that, hey, we can beat, you know, teams like this. They've been in close games before. Now the Roosters, they get this win. That's a good win. They're two and one. That's how you want to go off in the season now. And what you want to do is improve on, you know, those things that you might have not executed the right way. And maybe you left some points, you know, on the board. So Crocs definitely deserved this win. They won it. They didn't, they didn't do anything. They didn't get lucky. You know, they didn't, they didn't upset the Roosters. You know, they just won the game and you can't take nothing away from that. Sir, with all due respect, <laughs> I disagree. And uh, I have to, I have to, okay? <laughs> when I say this, oh, man, I'm trying to, you know, carefully not say anything too controversial. The Crocodiles deserve to win this game. All kudos go to them for what they did. I'm super, I can even say proud of how they played in this game. But, but my good sir, <laughs> the Roosters lost this game. Mm. Defensively, they played okay. Not great. I'll give you that. Offensively, they didn't play to the level they should have played. Easily, I could count 10 drop passes by the Roosters receivers. And I'm not talking about, oh, you got to lean back or go here. Bryce Stencombe dropping dimes, dimes out there. We're hitting hands in stride. We're hitting chest. We're hitting shoulder pads because these guys are dropping passes. Those first three quarters, at least 10 drops. And these aren't people that are like they're covered or there's three people on them. They're open. They're beating defenders. Crocs secondary. It's still, you know, boo-boo garbage. Like it's not good. The receivers are open, but they're not catching. The Roosters don't have a number one receiver. No one was consistent. In the fourth quarter, they outscored the Crocs because all of a sudden the receivers start catching the ball. Yo, <clears throat> Johannes Johannes, he dropped too many passes considering he's too good of a receiver. But then Emery Polly came in there a couple times. You're hoping he was going to do something. Drops. I don't know the name of the number 14 receiver. Drops. And then big, tall number 11. Again, I don't know these kids' names because they're young and I haven't put in a lot of time trying to learn the names because they look like flashing the pants. But number 11 was good late in the game and caught a touchdown pass. That was great. He went and got that thing. Where was he in quarters <laughs> one through three? I don't know. I would say that the Roosters lost this game because their offense was poised. It was positioned to win. They had opportunities to score, to move the ball easily, but players didn't make catches that should have been caught. Bryce was playing one hell of a game. Even though he was pressured, he's a really good quarterback. He was able to you know, get off the pressure, find somebody, and then they drop a pass. And now you're at third and long or it's fourth down because they didn't complete it. And that's what really hurt the Roosters more than what the Crocodiles did defensively against them. 
I'm again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Crocs. I think they played a really good game, but the Roosters could have won this game by two or three touchdowns if they had one receiver that could catch consistently. Early in the game, Bryce was trying to throw the number 88, Johannes Johannes, like that was his guy, but he kept dropping the ball. So then you saw him trying to get it to other people. No one else was going to step up. When the Roosters brought in Lossie Payunen to do the running back and the Wildcat stuff, I was like, what are they doing? Is he like the next coming of McCaffrey? Uh, yeah, is he the next McCaffrey? That's what I was thinking. I was like, is he the next McCaffrey? They got this guy, you know, running a jet sweep, coming in with a Wildcat, and – I'm going to keep it 100 all the way. He did nothing to change the game. He was not effective. <laughs> so all those plays were almost wasted reps because he came in and he was average. I mean, he didn't give them a spark. He didn't make a big play, but neither did any of the receivers. So the Roosters offense was trying. I give them that. But honestly, they could have won this game. They could have won it easily. But on the flip side, I'm agreeing with you 100%. Well, not really 100%, but I'm agreeing with you some of the percent that the Crocs won the game. You only can beat your opponent, the opponent that's given to you. Crocodiles were given a chance to beat the Roosters, and they took it. They easily could have blew it. They could have started throwing the ball too much, but they did a really good job of using Zach Whitehead more of a runner in this game. I don't know if that's going to last, if you can do it all season, because then your quarterback might get hurt. But in this game, again, they did what they had to do. Powell had 23 rushes. Zach had 10. The speed option worked really good. I didn't really like the orbit zone option thing that they do with the number 83, but I understand they were trying to find different ways to move the ball, and it, it worked in this game that they were able to move the ball consistently or, or at least well enough that Powell was able to get loose when he needed to. So the Crocs definitely did a really good job, and I think overall for this game, the Crocs winning this game could be the difference of like their positioning in the playoffs. Like, I'm saying now they're a playoff team. I thought they were a playoff team before the season. I don't even though I don't know if I put them in my predictions. Again, they're one of those teams that has to show you they did lose to the Butchers. I'm not gonna forget that loss. I'm not gonna forget it because it it tells a lot and it's gonna come back at the end of the season as that might be the difference between third and fourth place, that one game they should have won that they lost. Crocodiles should be 3-0 and right now, but they're 2-1. and But it's a good 2-1 and because this was one of those games where they could have lost, but instead they said, hey, we're going to put this thing away. Christian Powell goes for 43 yards on the last touchdown, and that's that's all she wrote. This was this was a good game, honestly. I, I like the whole vibe of the game, except for the Roosters not being able to make any catches. Mm. In the third game, we had the Poor Vu Butchers taking on the Quopio Steelers. And I think I'll take this one. The Steelers won. When we do this win or loss, I, it's always – I'm always trying to think, like, if the game was – was there ever a point where you felt like one team had it and maybe they didn't do what they were supposed to do or if you felt like one team just always had it. And this is what it was. The Butchers scored first. That was surprising to me. They scored first, but also they had the ball first. That's all that meant to the Steelers was, okay, they had the ball. They scored. Congratulations. We'll adjust. It won't happen again. But it actually did. This game was tied 13-13 to at one point. It was a good matchup, but I never felt like the Steelers weren't going to eventually win (laughs) because (laughs) the Butchers, first, let me say this, they are the Dallas Cowboys of the Maple League. It is what it is. As a good team, the Butchers are a good team. 
but good ain't going to get you the wins you need. And that's what happened was I had no doubt in this game that by the third or fourth quarter, the Steelers eventually would just be too much. And that's how it went. It just eventually just too much. Before I go gushing over the Steelers, because I'm not actually going to do that, because I think that they they play really well. I am very impressed by what I saw from the Butchers. Um, just looking at their receiving core, obviously Miko Seppinen is that dude, but their young guys, they they came up to play. Daniel Rubenstein, I think is how you say his name, as well as Lucas Erla, both those kids are under 18. Those are kids, and they were getting open, and I think they both scored touchdowns in this game, or at least one of them scored touchdowns and one of them had a big play. But those guys give the Butchers a, a sense of, okay, our future is going to be okay. We have these skill players. But the, the problem they had in this game was what are you going to do when Miko Seppinen has to play offense and defense? Because he played really good defense in this game, but he kind of wasn't around for most of the offense until the you know later half of the game where it pretty much was already over. And so the young kids had to kind of hold it down. And as, as good as they were, this is still the best secondary in the league that belongs to the Corpio Steelers. Mm-hmm. And looking at this secondary, it's super interesting because Tino and Dongo, not there. Number 31, I know their numbers. I'm sorry. He wasn't there. So that's your starting safety and your starting corner out. So now they have number, what was it, number 38, Kosti Holti starting at corner. And then they move Marcus O into the safety spot. But then they slid in Oni Karki at the other corner spot at some times. And he also played a little bit of nickel, I think. This goes back to what I said before the season, that this team has the best secondary and the deepest secondary because they put in these youngsters. And don't let me forget the other slot DB, Ricky Hawker, number 44. He also played. They ended up playing all their DBs pretty much. All the DBs they had left. They ended up playing them in this game and they were able to hold off a team that was really pass heavy. The Butchers were very pass-heavy in this game. I don't even think they had over, like, 50 yards rushing. But I think they had over 200 yards passing. So they had to hold this team off with, you know, your second string, and they were confident in it. They started the game running a 4-3 defense, which is not their defense. They run a 4-2-5, but they ran a 4-3 and brought an extra linebacker onto the field thinking that they would have to stop the run and also because they were short-manned at the DB spot. Once they saw that the Butchers were all in on the pass game and that they could stop the run, they got rid of that linebacker. They got that big boy off the field, brought in a slot DB. Actually, number 44 is the guy they brought in when they definitely were going 4-2-5, and they ran their defense. And I'm sorry, uh, Oni and Coasty, those are kids again. I think they're like 19, 18 years old playing defensive back in the Maple League, and they both held their own. So – this is what the secondary did. They came in, used their kids, said, we're going to be all right. And they were. This is, again, why this is the best secondary in the Maple League. No no other team. And you can't tell me that I'm lying when I say this. No other team could lose their starting safety and corner and you not notice the difference. I mean, it was a slight difference. They did give up a couple plays. But <clears throat> nobody else can do this. Everyone else that we've seen lose a defensive back in any spot we immediately saw that, okay, they're missing somebody. But this team has enough players that – I mean, they're already playing with five DBs on their base defense, so they had enough players that they could still play 
with missing two of their like star DBs. And again, uh, just to correct, I'm not messed up number 31's name. It's Eero Pekarinen. Sorry, I just wanted to put that out there. But that's my thoughts on this game. What about you? What did you see in this one? Man, you said it all, man. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you said it all. But like you said, they, they're deep in the secondary. Corpio got a nice rotation of DBs um, that they could play every game. Got a great chance of winning when your starters are out of the game and the backup guys are coming in and making plays and stepping right in like they should. That's a that's a that's a nod to the coaching that they're getting in Corpio. That means that everybody's is on one page on the defense, waiting. Hey, if I get in, I got to make sure I know what I'm doing and do my part. And Corpio right now is is on pace. Um, and yes, I'm saying this: Corpio is on pace. And now, now what they're on pace to. I'm not going to say right now. That's what I'm waiting to hear. I'm like, on pace to what? <laughs> they on pace, though. I mean, you're, you're undefeated. You get in the rhythm now. And, you know, you know, really major, major injuries. And the healthiest team usually is the team that, that gets all the way to the, you know, to the end. So, um, I think Corpio in this game just kind of, you know, never was worried that the game would, you know, be close or anything. But they're just polishing – you know, their offense and polishing their defense at this point. So, um, yeah, kudos to Corpio. They they definitely balled out. I'm sorry I'm not done because I didn't I didn't talk yeah. about their offense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know what feels real good? I went all in on the Steelers this year. This is the team I'm riding with, and they are – they're living up to every piece of it. Now, on that defense, I talked about the secondary. I didn't talk about the – I didn't talk about the linebackers in the front, but they did well. It was good. Just the secondary stood out because of the situations. But offensively, this was the most complete game that we've seen from the Steelers. They ran the ball well. They passed the ball well. They ran inside. They ran outside. They passed over the middle. They passed deep. They passed outside the numbers. They passed short. They were able to do any and everything they wanted to do offensively, and they distributed the ball equally. I don't have the stats with me, but I think they threw for 270 or they ran for 270 and then threw for like 230 or something like that. Both in the 200 range, about 20, 30 yard difference, probably ran more than they threw. But Joey Bradley was like 14 for 18 or 16 for 18, something like that. Like he only had like two or three incompletions. So they were very efficient in their passing game but they also were dynamic in it. They were able to get the ball downfield to different people. And it just – it looked really good that they were able to do that on the offensive side finally. Because I've been saying pretty much every week they played that this isn't their best game. They're still winning even though they haven't played their best game. This was this has been the most complete game. I'm not going to say the best because there was room for improvement for both offense and defense, but this has definitely been the most complete game they played all year. And they have to feel good that they're at this point this early in the season because they've played and they played all pretty much the hardest teams that they're going to play. They played the Roosters. They've played the Wolverines. They've played the Crocs. Mm-hmm. They played the Butchers. Mm-hmm. They've basically beaten every playoff contender. And this last game, they've been their most complete. And now I'm assuming that they're about to go play one of them bums at the bottom of the league standings. That's pretty cool. 
So just want to throw that last part out there. That is pretty cool. And the, the Steelers are rolling. It looks like they're going to, you know, finish this one undefeated. But, well, I mean, second half season, who knows? But looking good to me. Looking real good. They're on pace. On pace. That, that's, what, that's what Coach Q said. They're on pace. We're here with Crocodiles running back, CP, Christian Powell. In Paul, we trust. Welcome to the show, CP. Uh, much love. Appreciate it, man. Thank y'all for having me on here. And it's good to top it up with you again. Man, we had to. And we know people probably be like, oh, man, they had him on twice. Well, look here. He did something that some people just ain't done in this country. He beat the Roosters. I say he, but obviously your team won. My first question is, is this the first time that you have ever beat the Roosters since you've been here? Uh, no, nah, we, we beat them last year and the year before that. Uh, oh, the past- oh, so this is normal. Yeah, the, the past couple seasons we've been we've been getting some wins in. Uh, so my first few years it was it was a little tough and uh, kind of tough to get wins in that organization. But yeah, the last few years we kind of been shifting that and got a few wins, so that's good. And you know, just looks to continue riding on that one. So no more of that little brother stuff with the Roosters, right? Exactly. That exactly. It's time to step up a little more. All right. You know, being it's a lot of football opportunities. You know, in in Europe right now, all over, pretty much. What made you say, hey, I'm committed to being in Santiago, Finland. I'm going to play for the Santiago Crocodiles. Because uh, it's a lot of a, a lot of football. I'm pretty sure the ELF hit you up. I'm pretty sure people are always trying to see, like, what it's taking to get you on their team. So tell me, uh, what what about Santiago that, that's special to you, I guess? Man, just going back to five years ago when I first came, like, I, I just remember – I was just here looking for opportunity. I just wanted to play. Like, I didn't even know what Finland was, uh, Sanioki at that. So, you know, I just came out here playing. And then um, I remember before the season signed, uh, the season was over, they asked me, do you want to come back? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll come back again. And that was year two. And then after that, like, kind of the same thing. I'm like, okay, like, it's just a little more unfinished business that I have to, you know, just keep working on rebuilding and then, you know, that's the football side of it. And the next thing you know, I've been out here in Finland two years straight. So life started happening as well. So it's kind of it's been a mixture of that playing and then just doing life. And, you know, overall, just the situation, the people like everybody I've been getting involved with, like how they've been helping me and all that. It's just been a it's been a good connection and a good place to stay. So that's kind of that's what's been uh, that's why it made me stuck around. OK, that's that's what's up. I got to ask you this because you've been in Finland. For a while now. Let the people hear you say something in Finnish. Uh Moi Mitakulu. Kukasi Mina It all depends though. It depends though. Like I understand a lot more, but when I'm on the spot, like the words just don't come out. They just come out, yeah. Yeah. I got the I got the ketos and I got the moi moi down easy. <laughs> I like it though. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you the words what? you need to know. If you know how to say "mitakulu" boy, yeah. you know you're good. You can you can get I some places. Huva paiva, huva huometa. No, huva huometa. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I want to jump on this Finnish train since we out here. Yeah. You've been here so long. <laughs> What's like your favorite like food to say in Finnish? Uh, you said my favorite food. Yeah, like that you can say in Finnish. Oh. uh my favorite food, bro. sushi. 
I don't even. I don't even know. Uh, like I would say ice cream, but I know it's like yacht, yacht, something like that. Yachtalo. Yeah, yachtalo, yachtalo. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Um, uh, Monsica. Yeah, there you go. Strawberries. Yeah. Uh, you don't. You don't eat makara. Makara? Nah. Yeah. No. Nah. I don't understand what kind of meat that is. It always hurts my stomach. Yeah. It's yeah. mystery meat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that one either. I want to get back to the game that you just had because you had a monster game. Uh, how many yards you had? Like 140, 148 yards, 23 carries. Typical CP fashion, obviously. That's how I see it. Typical CP fashion. But my real question was, in this game against the Roosters, I mean, you guys were ahead. Uh, it was, what, 14-0 at one point. And you yeah. one touchdown away from a skunk on Madden when you get to there. So – Going towards the third and fourth quarter, the Roosters are the Roosters, and they did play better in the second half. What was your plan coming into that third and fourth quarter, knowing that, okay, we got the Roosters on the ropes, but they are the Roosters? Uh, what did you guys say in the locker room, or what did you tell the guys, or did someone have anything specific of, you know, y'all's philosophy in that second half? Yeah, um, just, just one thing I've been trying to tell the guys is, like, you can't really get complacent. You can't can't get comfortable if you have a lead like you kind of got to treat that as the same way as if as if you're down because a lot of times that's what happens like you know especially against a team like that you know they're going to fight to the end and you know that's, that's what they do so they, they come back fourth quarter make things happen so especially like that you just got to stay disciplined you got to keep your right mindset you know do whether whether it's good a good play a bad play like whatever it is you kind of just got to keep fighting keep going until the end of the whistle so you know they they had a they had a couple touchdowns and the game got a little close, but that's where I was like, you know, we still got the lead, so just just keep your head in the game, keep playing, and then just keep riding it out. So it was it was good to see the guys like to see the guys mature and like having been in situations like that where the game kind of slipped through our hands, being able to hold on to it. So it was good to like see that growth from the team, and that's it, man. Just to, just the mindset and the mentality to just keep fighting to the end. On that last touchdown, all right, y'all were running out the clock, four-minute offense, doing your thing, and then you broke free. Did it ever occur to you to stop at that one-yard line and, and not take them points? Or are you like, hey, look, I'm going to get these points because, I, you know, I'm, one of, I'm number five on the record books right now. I got to get these points. What was, <laughs> what was going on in your mind on that run? Were you think, did uh, you think about stopping? That's what I really want to know. Did you think about no. it? Yeah, I did. And once I once I got through the line, and I was once I got through, I was running. I was like, "Nah, it's off to the races now." Going <laughs> <laughs> to put some points on the board. There you go. <laughs> you are like number like five or six in the Maple League top scoring all time too. I give you about two more years, and you'll be up there. I mean, nobody's catching Stephen Stokes. We we've discussed that in our chat room <laughs> for the podcast. But you could you could be you could be a solid number two. I mean. I mean, I won't say never. If you play another 10 years, maybe. With Stokes, yeah. it's crazy stuff. But you, considering a lot of people don't stay, you know, more than five years, you definitely have – you've been consistent, what, almost 20 touchdowns a year, something like that, 15, 20 a year? I'm like around that range, definitely. That, yeah, that's crazy. I'm sorry, I'm getting way off subject. I'm just thinking about it because you know when you're talking to when you're talking to legends in person, guys. Sometimes you get distracted. And I just <laughs> get distracted thinking about that. 
Sorry. Q, no. what, el- what else did you have for uh, CP? Uh, this is this last question is kind of still on football, but um, being since you were talk- talking about legendary stuff, um, you know, how does it feel to watch yourself? Uh, I'll specifically say the play, the Royals, uh, the Royals touchdown two years ago. How does it feel to watch yourself break that many tackles in one play? Man, uh, it's it's like. It's, I don't even know. It's like you look at it and it's like, man, I don't even know what was going through my head, what happened. I'm just running the ball. I'm still up. I'm still up. Oh, I'm still up. All right, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, nah, man, it's, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see that from the outside perspective and kind of, I guess, get a glimpse of, like, what other people see. Because, you know, when you're a fan, like, you see it, like, you see all these people break all these runs, make all these crazy plays, and you like – Yo, that's crazy. So it's kind of like to to be on the other side of that and know, like, no, I was able to do that. Like, it's, it's just, uh, it's kind of cool to see that perspective. And uh, to this day, it's like, man, I don't know what happened. I'm just running. And- <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Let's go. Out of body experience. <laughs> it, it, it turned into a monster. Yeah, yeah Christian crazy. Paul. We appreciate nah. you coming on the show, man. I'm glad to get you, your insight on this the game you guys just had. Congratulations on the win. Uh, now that you guys are, what, two and one on the season? Yeah. You're looking more like a, a legitimate playoff team. Probably should be three and oh, but I won't I won't get at you right now about that. Uh, <laughs> Q, you got anything you want to say, CP, before we let them go, man? No, nah, that's it, man. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us, man. It, it was definitely uh, – it's always fun watching you play. Um, it's always fun talking to you too, man. So, good luck, you know, for the rest of the season. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate the love, the support, man. And just, hey, man, y'all calling me legendary. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> that's love. That's good. Calling all junior skills players, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, linebackers, quarterbacks, and safeties – if you were born between 2009 and 2003, this midsummer is your opportunity to shine. We'll be hosting our annual AFF Nordic Challenge 7 vs. 7 tournament in Lati on June 22nd. Top performers will be selected for the AFF Revolution teams in divisions U19, U17, and U15. These teams will have the chance to compete throughout Europe in the fall and play for the European Championship the following spring. If that isn't enough, there will be USA coaches in attendance scouting for their respective high schools and colleges. Due to field availability, registration will close once we meet the maximum number of participants. So head over to the website and sign up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash Nordic dash challenge. What are some tough questions that teams need to answer for this upcoming weekend? First game we got is the Helsinki Roosters versus the Helsinki Wolverines. The Helsinki Derby starts on Thursday. Q, what are some (laughs) questions for these two? This is a very, very important game. Very, very important game. Potentially, um, it'll decide who's number two. (laughs) I mean, unless given Corpio has some type of breakdown, or a major injury in a position. Um, this is potentially the game that decides who will be number two. So it's very important. I think both teams are taking this game serious. Um, for the Roosters, to be back-to-back losses. So if they don't win, for the Wolverines, if they win, it'll be a, it'll be a winning streak. 
small win, but an important winning streak. Both teams need, need to understand that and ask themselves, like, are, are we ready to take take it to the next level? Are we ready to solidify that we're one, we're one of the top teams, you know, top two teams, I guess you can say, um, in this league. And, uh, we, you know, it's, the Helsinki Derby is always exciting. It's bragging rights. It's fans. It's historically um, just a good football game. So I just want both teams to just ask themselves, like, uh, uh, what, are, what are we here for? Basically, what are we here for? Are we here to – which is crazy if it happens to be that this team, one of these teams are two and three, they're going to play each other anyway in the first round. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, this might be that, you know, this is that film. This is that first yeah. session of film right here. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be funny because they'll have to probably flip a coin to see who will be the home team. It's it's weird. It's a weird situation, but those are some questions that I think the, uh, not the Wolverines and the Roosters have to ask themselves, like, are we ready to go to that next level and solidify our place in this league? Let me, let me just say it like this. Out of both of these teams, the only teams they've beaten have been bums. <laughs> so that it'll be interesting because now this is an actual test for both teams. Good luck. Uh, moving to the second game, uh, Senior Crocodiles versus the Kodika Eagles. I'll ask questions for these two. For the Crocodiles, can you not be complacent? I think that the last game they played the Roosters, they played well, but there was room for improvement, both offense and defense. They know, and we know, everybody knows, they're going to beat the Eagles, but how they beat them will kind of tell you the story of the tape. Will they beat them using consistency or they just out-talent them? They just out talent them. It tells you they haven't learned anything from the, the win that they just did against the Roosters. Talent only goes so far. In the game they played against the Roosters, one could say that the Roosters had more talent, but they lost. So if they go and play against this team with the Eagles and only use their talent to win, it'll let me know that they want to be a playoff team, but they don't want it. They don't have that want it. But for the Eagles, question for the Eagles would be, can you compete? And I'm not asking the Eagles to come out there and score a whole, a whole bunch of touchdowns or even win the game. I'm asking them, can they can they keep it reasonable? Can they make it a game where you're like, okay, they, they might not be good enough, but, you know, they're doing some things that give me hope that they're, they're going to be able to take a shot here, make a play here, something. Defensively, they've done nothing all year. This defense has just been ran through. They're choo-chooing out there. And you know what I'm saying when I'm saying choo-chooing. For them, I was just hope that can they compete? Can the Kotka Eagles compete in this game? Last game of the weekend, Corpio Steelers versus UNC Crusaders. Coach Q, you got a question for the Steelers? Um, can we keep this same intensity up even against teams that, you know, we, we know we're probably going to overpower on both sides of the football? You know, can we keep that intensity up? Can we come out of it healthy? Can we come out of it learning something new um, about ourselves, about our team? Um, they still have to go out and execute, um, but they just pretty much are, uh, at this point, trying to get the win. I think you will probably get a first half of a lot of reason over in the first half and maybe try to establish that run game and get him in the end zone a few times and then kind of just coast. But that's no, that's no knock to UNC thinking that they're not going to, like, come show up and, and give it all they got. Um, but I think we all know that, like, Corpio is a is a strong team, and, and you got to bring a lot when you're playing against them. So, um, really, Corpio just needs to, you know, ask themselves, like, hey, can we keep the the, the intensity up 
can we can we get hype even against the teams that you, you kind of don't match up with, really? I would say for UNC, the question would be, can you make them play four quarters? Can you make the Steelers not take out reason over? Can you make them – I mean, can you make it a game where they're like, okay, we're up, but we don't feel good. Like, we don't feel confident. We don't feel like this is over. They, they're doing some things. Can you, you know, shoot your shot? Um, make a couple of plays here and there. I'm not asking you to go toe-for-toe with the Steelers. I'm asking you to, you know, keep it within two or three touchdowns. Make them feel like, okay, we can't just put in our backups on these guys. They can actually compete. Can you make them go four quarters? That's my question for UNC Crusaders. Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Helsinki Roosters versus the Helsinki Wolverines. And then City Oki Crocodiles and the Kotka Eagles play on Saturday. And the weekend ends with the Quopio Steelers and UNC Crusaders on Sunday. Our panel of football enthusiasts will pick winners for this week's game on our Instagram account at American Football in Finland. Feel free to find us in the comments with your thoughts. Right now, the rankings are tied for first, Chris Green at 11 and 1, and Finland Swami. They're both 11 and 1. And then bringing up third place would be me, Perfect Purpose, at 10 and 2. Also tied with Spencer Cutland, who's also 10 and 2. And bringing up the rear because of bad choices made early in the season will be Coach Q at eight and four. You're doing fine since the since the yeah. first couple of weeks. Like we've yeah. all been pretty consistent. I mean, yeah. two like, and four is the most wrong. So getting two wins out of out of each week, at least two wins. <laughs> at least two. Trying to trying to go what two for three? What's that? Sixty seven percent. That's quarterback yeah. numbers right there. <laughs> Look good, play good. It's as simple as that. And Ray Athletics will help you look good in their fully customizable team uniforms. Made by players for players. Ray Athletics produces high-quality uniforms for teams all over Europe. Ray also allows teams to design custom apparel for comfortable travel and workout purposes. Visit rayer.se today to take your team to the next level. Stay sharp. That's it for this episode of American Football and Feeling. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, Q? Good luck to all the teams that's playing this upcoming week, Hell City Derby. We're looking forward to watching it. Congratulations to Christian Powell moving on up that ladder of stats for Finland. Uh, Shout out to Sid for moving up stats for Finland, too. So uh, we're looking forward to we Don't watch forget RJ. Don't forget RJ. <laughs> yeah, RJ, too. RJ up there, too. <laughs> Him up there, too, my bad. The new guys are, you know, we're watching a, a real important time right now in Finnish football. I want everybody to make sure they're paying attention to that. If you enjoy the show, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. By following us on all channels, you have a chance to win football merch provided by our sponsor at Rayer Athletics. Be sure to follow the instructions in the episode description below. Every week, we put this on Instagram. You guys can win free stuff from Rayer. All you have to do is comment and tag somebody. So comment and tag somebody when we post this, and you have a chance to win, okay? Until next time, never forget. T-I-F. We gone. And we gone. American Football in Finland.